everybody loves the touchdown. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is touchdown by Holmes. The grand slam. Fly ball to center field. Epier has done it again. It's a grand slam. The buzzer beater. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Come on, boy, boy, can you get it up? Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of Sports Business Radio. In our next segment, it's the Sports Business Radio headlines of the week. A monster naming rights deal for a multi-billion dollar stadium in a big city. We'll tell you about that. In segment three, Darren Ravel, CNBC sports business reporter. He's going to join us from Dallas site of Super Bowl 45 to talk about the business behind the big game, from the most marketable players to the highly anticipated ads to the best Super Bowl parties. We'll cover it all during my conversation with Darren Ravel in segment three. Segment four, we've opened up the sports business radio audio vault and we found a conversation that we had with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers a few weeks prior to the 2005 NFL draft when he was drafted. You'll hear Rodgers before he was a superstar. He very intelligently explained his reason for leaving Cal early, his process for selecting an agent, even the products he'd love to endorse. Sports Business Radio co-founder Keith Foreman joined me for that conversation back in 2005. We're going to bring it to you this week during Segment 4. A couple of other notes. Visit my Sports Business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at SB Radio. Griggs, tens of millions of dollars bet on the Super Bowl every year legally and illegally. Prop bets. A minute 56 is the over-under on Christina Aguilera on the National Anthem. There's also bets on what Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas is going to wear during her halftime performance. Even the color of Gatorade that may be spilled on the winning coach at the Gatorade shower at the end of the game. I'm going with uh, leather black pants and a a jersey for Fergie. I'm not going to be surprised if she comes out in a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader outfit (laughs) since it is in Dallas and the cheerleaders are iconic. But we'll see. All right, headlines coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. This is SBR. Back with more after this. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start, at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs, Themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. 
It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I want to be in the headlines. On Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio Headlines brought to you by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit WarsawCenter.com for more information. Headline number one, AEG Farmers Insurance signed a $600 million naming rights deal for downtown LA. So it's a 30-year, $600 million. Some people have reported it as a $700 million naming rights deal for a proposed 1.7 million square foot, 68,000 seat football stadium in downtown LA that has no architect, no site approvals, and no NFL team. Only in Los Angeles would Farmers Insurance or any company step up and see this kind of vision. I'll tell you, I watched the press conference this week. I saw the renderings. I can see where this thing could be going. And this is an enormous, gigantic step to getting that stadium built and attracting an NFL franchise in the nation's number two market, Griggs. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, if it's going to happen anywhere, LA is where it's going to happen. I mean, they've got the city, the people, the backing. But it is funny that there's no NFL team and they got the $700 million deal already in the works. It's crazy. So, according to Cantor Media Data, ad spending by insurance brands during sports programming grew an eye-popping 36% during the first nine months of 2010 compared to the same period in 2009. Look, this is a great deal for farmers, Griggs, and let me tell you why. Even if this deal doesn't happen, do you know how much PR value farmers is getting because Farmers Field and Farmers Insurance is being mentioned all the time with this project? Huge, huge visibility for Farmers Insurance. So even if the project dies at some point, I think it's a great win for Farmers Insurance. Now, the proposed billion-dollar stadium could have 68,000 permanent seats expandable to more than 70,000 seats. They'd want to host the Super Bowl. They're going to want to be in on Final Fours, All-Star Games. And there would be 160 suites, 18 group skyboxes, and 14,700 club suites. So, think Cowboy Stadium but even better. So, Cowboys Stadium that's hosting Super Bowl 45 on Sunday, $1 billion plus to build that place. This would cost even more, would be even more luxurious and extravagant. But, like you were just saying, you know, it's pretty amazing that LA, the number two market in the country, hasn't had NFL in a long, long time. And I think the league, for the long term health of the league, they need a franchise in LA. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And like you said, I mean, Oakland's got one, you know, in San Diego, but L.A. doesn't. And it's a perfect fit. So I really see this happening down the road at some point. Well, guess what? If they get this thing built, there's going to be a number of NFL teams that are going to be very interested in relocating to Los Angeles. All right. Speaking of the health of the NFL, we heard the State of the Unions from Demora Smith, who heads up the NFL Players Association. We also heard from Roger Goodell this week. I was pretty interested in what Demora Smith had to say. This soundbite, he's talking about the fundamental disagreement that exists between the owners and the players. I think it would be an um, understatement to say that uh, there's disagreement. There's fundamental disagreement. Our problem and our fundamental disagreement remains at the height of the economic 
uh, viability and success of football. You're now asking the players to give back a billion dollars a year for the next seven years. And our simple question is, before anyone would want to write a $7 billion check, what financial information would you think was relevant? He followed up with this comment about financial transparency on behalf of the owners. If they had a willingness to show us how much teams make, that's an easy way to solve the problem. The question of how we grow this game, where it is fair between owners and players, is simply one of transparency. That's it. Let me say this for the millionth time. This is a $9 billion league, the NFL. And that's in tough economic times over the last few years. This league has continued to thrive. I think when you're negotiating with someone, you're not starting in a good place if one of the sides isn't transparent. So the players, look, the owners know what all the financial information is there. When the NFL owners say, look, we're losing money. We're going to take a billion dollars back from you, but we're not going to show you the books. We're not going to show you how we're losing money. Griggs, how do you trust the other side? So there's this big issue of trust that's going on right now between the owners and the players. And as I tweeted this week, the two core fundamental issues in this disagreement between the players and the owners, A, an 18-game season, B, the owners aren't opening up their books. So you're telling me you're losing money, but you won't show me how you're losing money, and you're asking me for a billion dollars back. Not really working for me. No, it doesn't work at all. And it's just, it's odd because, like you're saying, it's just like you're holding half of it out, and half the people don't know what's going on. How, how is that going to mesh well with the players and the people running the, the organization? It just doesn't, doesn't click right. Look, I'm going to be candid. I take the side of the players in the NFL. They are playing a brutal sport. They have a short lifespan. They're gladiators out there, and they have non-guaranteed contracts. So, whereas in the NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, you have guaranteed contracts. You don't have guaranteed contracts in the NFL. You blow your knee out, you're done. You don't get paid the rest of your contract. So I think from that standpoint, the players, you know, you got to kind of feel for them a little bit. And then the owners are making a ton of money. If you haven't heard this before, the owners get so much money from the TV deal, it basically covers player payroll. So your ticket sales, your sponsorship sales, that's all gravy. And I know they have expenses, and I know they have debt on their stadiums that they're playing in, but I don't understand how the owners lose money when most of your player payroll is being covered by your TV revenues. It just doesn't make sense. If I'm the players, I want to see where these owners are losing money. Our next headline, talking about the Super Bowl. So each player in Sunday's Super Bowl is given two tickets to the game with an option to buy 13 more. They can access 15 tickets per player. Face value on the Super Bowl tickets this year range from $600 to $1,200. And the average ticket price, according to StubHub, is up from last year, $3,596. That's 51% higher than last year's Saints-Colts matchup, $2,386. So, two iconic franchises, two just real passionate fan bases, Griggs. Ticket prices are reflecting that. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I read too uh, last week that the parking lot there at the stadium nine hundred bucks to park in the parking lot. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I read that. It was a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but nine hundred bucks to park in the parking Holy lot. Holy cow! I'm taking a cab. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you want a tailgate, uh, <laughs> yeah. you better bring your your wallet. Yeah. 
Our last headline of the week, this one definitely caught my eye. Andy Pettit announced his retirement from the Yankees. He's a five-time World Series champion, finished 240 and 138. And I'll tell you, I think one of the key factors for his decision He's going to be called to testify in Roger Clemens' trial. If he's still playing for the Yankees in New York with the spotlight that bright on him, he's going to miss some of the games to go testify. And imagine the scrutiny and the spotlight and the microscope that would be on Andy Pettit if he's still playing while that trial is going on and he's having to testify. All right, coming up next, one of the best reporters in all of sports business, Darren Ravel from CNBC. He's coming up next. He'll join us from Dallas, site of Super Bowl 45. We're going to break down the ads. How is the weather impacting the, econo- the economy there in Dallas? Lots coming up with Darren Ravel of CNBC. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Darren Ravel. He's CNBC Sports Business Reporter. He joins us from Dallas, site of Super Bowl 45. Find Darren online at DarrenRavel.com. Darren, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? You got it, Brian. Thanks for having me. So the weather in Dallas this week, it's been frigid. They talk about taking the Super Bowl to these warm weather locations. It's been anything but in Texas. Any estimate as to how much money the weather is costing golf courses, restaurants, hotels, and other businesses in Dallas? Uh, it's starting to cost them big. I mean, golf courses are obviously a, a no-brainer of not happening. Uh, the uh, the restaurants, the high-end restaurants, I think, for corporate America that has come in, uh, they're just staying in their hotels and uh, drinking at the hotel bar. Uh, now you're going to have uh, more people not coming in with the flight cancellations, and we've finally seen that where the ticket prices have fallen about $400, and they'll probably continue to fall until game time. So what's a, a ticket to the Super Bowl going for right now on the secondary market? Uh, the average is around three grand, uh, but you can get in for about 1800 Wow. And, and, and uh, at the... Uh, beginning of, uh, uh, let's see, Thursday, it was like a 2500 to get it. Interesting. Darren, every year we discuss who the big marketing star of the Super Bowl is going to be. Let's start with the quarterbacks. This is a real opportunity for Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers to kind of catapult himself into the rare air of athlete pitch people, don't you think? I mean, don't you think he could be one of the big winners here? I do. Um, 
Although I, I don't think he's uh, reached out before. He doesn't even have a website. He uh, doesn't tweet. Uh, I, I don't think he, he, he really does as much as he can to make himself marketable. But obviously, if he's on the field and he's a Super Bowl champion, I think that'll get him somewhere. Um, and then on the flip side, Ben Roethlisberger, people say, hey, can he be marketable again? I said, I, he wasn't marketable to begin with. I don't know why. I mean, but it seemed like he only had the Nike and the beef jerky deal. And it's like he had fewer deals than other people who had so-called comeback, Ray Lewis. Um, it just, for some reason on Roethlisberger, it's just a, it's just a strange thing. Either corporate America caught on to him and didn't think that he was a spokesman for their brand, but he wasn't in the milk ad. He's not the big picture on the stadium. Uh, and he um, he's probably not going to Disneyland, even if the Steelers win. You know, it's funny. It seems like the real personalities in this game are on the defensive side of the ball. You've got Troy Palomalo. He's got his deal with head and shoulders. Clay Matthews recently signed with Suave. I think defensive end B.J. Raji, whose nickname is The Freezer, <laughs> he could be a real star out of all this, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly a resurrection of, uh, you know, defensive players. You really haven't seen it. Palomaro led the league in jersey sales first time since 06 when Erlacher did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there is some appreciation of, uh, of defense. Um, and, and it's also about personality. You know, Brett Keisel of, of, we love beards now. We love hair. We love beards. Brett Keisel of the Steelers. He's probably going to get some sort of deal. If there's ever a uh, guy who needed a damn razor, it was him. <laughs> yeah, get him a Gillette deal or something, right? Yeah, the problem is that they could, couldn't do a commercial with him because it would take. They'd have to get a time lapse camera. Yeah, no kidding. That thing is uh, Grizzly Adams times ten. Hey. Yep. Uh, Fox is getting $3 million for a 30-second ad this year. Before I did this interview with you, I went online, and we talk about activating ads before they actually air. So online now, we see that companies let their ads leak. As we tape this right now, 5.6 million views of the Darth Vader Volkswagen ad. That's more than the Snickers ad got last year before the game, more than the Megan Fox Motorola ad got. That's a lot of downloads. Are there ads that you're looking forward to this year in the game? Uh, I, I always look forward to right now, since I'm a social media guy and I love it, I, I mean, I like the idea of Pepsi Max Doritos continuing, allowing people to make them and then voting. Uh, even though people have seen them, I think the majority of people probably haven't taken an active part in it. Um, uh, you know, so I'm interested in that and I'm always interested in, in Bud. Pe- Pepsi obviously coming back after a year, um, Coca Cola. Uh, but but I, I look for the ones that are less sexy and so-called win the ad meter and instead do something. Uh, is a greater ad going to get me to buy a Volkswagen? I don't know. But I can tell you this. There's been one commercial, one company that's advertised in the Super Bowl where I have actually bought something immediately after. What was it? I bought a domain site from GoDaddy. Really? And, and, and you know, they have re- – although people say their ads are annoying – They've they've done some tremendous stuff, um, and I think they probably are going to go down as the most effective uh, advertisers in Super Bowl history. What about you know we see I've seen the lineup tons of movies are being promoted during the Super right. Bowl. Do you think that helps the the movie sales? No, it's a horrible buy. I, I I don't get it. I don't get it at all, Brian. Really. 
So, okay, let's talk about the Super Bowl parties. You're someone who goes to the Super Bowl parties, and it seems like, from what I'm hearing, they're kind of coming back to pre-recession levels where these companies are spending some money. They got the lavish parties going again. Have you gone to any parties? If not, what parties are you going to be going to? Uh, I have uh, I have not gone to any parties, and I don't know if I'm going to go to any parties. It depends on how the weather is. Uh, I am going to get back before the game because I want to uh, tweet and blog from my house. I actually think it's better than being in the bowels of the stadium. Um, but uh, it, it is. The, the parties have changed. So what happened was originally with lavish parties, they were actually spent by the, the money was spent by the brands. And then it changed to the brands actually then licensing out things, um, you know, where, where they actually uh, started licensing out their name and not even owning the party. That was the way for them to make money. And I think now we're back to it's their party again, and they're, they're going all out. I don't really know the returns of the Super Bowl party. Um, I, I think it is dependent, though, however, on you know how tight your guest list is and, and who you can really do business with. A lot of it's about the sponsors, but when it gets to be too many no-name no people involved, I think that's when uh, brands get in trouble and they can't get their return on their investment. Yeah, I mean, some of these parties, from what I read, are charging you know thirty five hundred, five thousand dollars a ticket to get in. Are they not making money at those price points? Uh, I don't. You know, after it depends on how lavish it is. Um, those are among the highest, uh, the, the highest things that I've seen. Uh, but but it depends on how crazy they're going. I mean, at some of these Super Bowl parties where they're serving you know high quality sushi and premium everything to 500 people uh, who are getting drunk, um, you know, it's a very expensive party. We're joined by Darren Ravel, CNBC Sports Business Reporter. He's joining us from Dallas, site of Super Bowl 45. Follow him online at DarrenRavel.com. Obviously, see him on CNBC as well. I tweeted this week that I think that the most successful marketing tie-in to the Super Bowl over the past few decades has been Disney World. I'm going to Disney World promotion following the game. The promotion started in 1987 with Phil Simms after the Giants won the Super Bowl. Who can forget last year with Drew Brees and his son and then they're immediately whisked off to the Super Bowl. Do you agree with me? And is there a promotion that you've seen over the years that really kind of resonates with you that's a Super Bowl tie-in? Um, not the Cadillac deal or not. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, I think the, the going to Disney World certainly does it. Uh, it's, it's an iconic thing. Uh, I think the milk is done. I think we're done with, you know, with the whole milk. <laughs> I'm with you, you know, there. Doctor. I'm totally with you there. I mean, it's just, it's just enough already. Uh, do something different. Have a have a chugging, uh, you know, um, contest or uh, have have something other than that USA Today ad. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so uh, you know, um, I, I you know, the, Disney, the Disney World Disneyland thing I think still works. It's very interesting the business of it. I mean, they basically sign contingency contracts with four or five guys and then decide quickly. And I mean, I love the business of it pretty cool you know that they that they actually what they actually go through you know right i know you're going to be tweeting prolifically as you mentioned earlier in the interview at darren Ravel. darren when you're sitting down to watch the super bowl you probably watch it a lot differently than many people do what do you look for well i'm looking for signage uh i'm looking for you know who's going to be the breakout star the big play i'm obviously looking for the commercials um you know there's uh, moments uh, maybe a broadcast 
uh, something that happens in the in the broadcast, something someone says. It's hard to say ahead of time. I'm probably looking at everything but, you know, the actual plays themselves. Will you be watching the over-under on Christina Aguilera at a minute and 56 seconds? I think that's the funniest well, prop bet. Like how many times, she, how long she's going to hold the word brave. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's great. The over-under in that one is six seconds. Oh, my gosh. There are some silly prop bets. All right, last question for you. Do you think there's going to be a work stoppage in the NFL? I mean, we talk about too the early, NBA, NFL. It's so, it's so early. I don't think they'll have a deal by March 4th. They'll probably have a deal by July or August. And after that, they'll probably have a deal by game five, week five. I mean, I don't think they're going to go a whole year. But we got there's got to be time here. There's got to be time. So you think they'll miss and some games, though? I think they could possibly miss games, yes. Huh, interesting. I don't think they're going to miss any games. I think they get it done before then. Possible, but it's not going to be done by before the third. No, 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 no. I agree no with you there. There's no reason to get it done. Right. There's no reason to get it done before then. Well, Darren, I know you're extremely busy. We very much appreciate you taking time to join us on Sports Business Radio. Darren Ravel, CNBC, sports business reporter. Find him online, DarrenRavel.com, at Darren Ravel on Twitter. Darren, thank you so much. You got it. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, our conversation with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers before the 2005 NFL Draft. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is NBA Commissioner David Stern. I thought you did a wonderful job of handling the game ball situation. You listened to your players and the owners, and ultimately I thought you got it right. What did you learn from that experience? It probably pays to go the extra step to build a consensus, even though you don't think there's any other view that makes sense. My guest is Jack Nicholas. What are the main lessons the game of golf can teach us if we pay close enough attention? You develop relationships with people. I think you play 18 holes of golf with somebody. You get to know them pretty well. We're joined by Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the BCS. What we want is for the best two teams to play in the championship game. Beyond that, I'm not sure it's really fair to say what's good for the BCS or what's, or what's bad for the BCS. Follow us at sportsbusinessradio.com and on Twitter at SB Radio. One-on-one with those making the big-time decisions that impact your sport. This is Sports Sense on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. Well, as we've said many times on this show, we try and talk to the people who are living it and breathing it. And our guest today is certainly doing just that. He's getting ready for the upcoming NFL Combine next Saturday in Indianapolis. Uh, former Cal quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. 
So, Aaron, uh, walk us through your decision. You left Cal after your junior year. You're now getting ready for the NFL Combine. How did you make the decision to leave early, and then what have you done between that time and now to prepare yourself for the NFL? Well, the uh, decision to leave was a, a difficult one uh, because I left a lot of friends back at Cal, a great coach, um, and an education. Uh, but uh, it turned out that my, you know, my best interest, my best opportunity, I felt, was to move on and and pursue a career in the NFL, something I'd always wanted to do as a kid growing up, and financially be able to secure my family uh, and my future family for the, uh, you know, it was a big winning decision, I think. Um, but Coach Teffer really encouraged me when I met with him uh, that I didn't know the school anything, that I'd accomplished uh, enough at Cal, and that he he encouraged me to leave and uh, and pursue a career in the NFL. And uh, it's been crazy, you know, a lot of stuff between that decision, you know, which I made I think in January, early January. And right now, I mean, I've hired an agent, I've hired a business manager, um, just doing a lot of stuff to get ready uh, to put myself in the best situation come April. I mean, I'm working out with a, uh, a great trainer, Peppa Sports and Thomas Witherspoon out in Alameda, California. Uh, there's 15 of us or so getting ready for the combine and working hard. The combine's next. I go next Thursday at Indianapolis, so it's been quite an experience. I've learned a lot and seen a lot of crazy stuff, talked to a lot of people I used to look up to as a kid, and it's been fun. Aaron, at this point in your athletic career, how difficult is it to figure out who you can trust? I mean, a lot of athletes at your at this point, you know, are surrounded by people telling them exactly what they want to hear. How did you figure out? Yes, I can trust this guy. Yes, this is the right decision. You know, is there any one person that you really leaned on? Well, yeah, I'd say Trent Dilfer. You kind of, uh, I met him through Coach Tedford because Coach uh, was his uh, quarterback coach, uh, offense coordinator back at. Uh, uh, Fresno, so I, I started the relationship with Trent, and he's really helped me through this entire process from my decision, tell me um, you know the pros and cons of leaving college early because he left as a junior, and then also uh, making me aware of what my January, what my February, what my March is going to look like, and uh, and I actually hired his business manager, and coincidentally enough, I'm, I'm with his agent as well, um, although he didn't tell me uh, you, know, you got to go with my agent, you got to go with my business manager. He, he said, here's my people. You interview them. You see if you like them. If you do, go with them. If not, there's no pressure. And um, so I really uh, dug into Trent's knowledge, and and I trust him a lot. I respect him. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. And uh, I interviewed his business manager, and he's been with Trent for 12 years, with David Carr for three years. He's been in the business for 18 years, and he's a really sharp guy. He handles uh, finances, taxes, uh, a lot of stuff I don't want to have to deal with, and uh, he makes it a lot easier on me. He's been a great resource for me, and then uh, I'm hired. I hired Mike Sullivan with Octagon uh, to be my agent, write my contract, and uh, he's also a great guy. I'm excited. I mean, we got the team set, and uh, just a matter of me taking care of business at the combine, taking care of business in my private workout for the scouts, and uh, hopefully everything goes well on draft day. Aaron, on the college level, when you're a guy coming out of high school, it's intense the recruiting process to get you to come to a certain college. Is it that same way when you're being wooed by agents and other companies out there that want to sign you on your way to the NFL? Is it as competitive or not quite as competitive? Well, I think it's very similar because you got to kind of weed through the BS and, and figure out what guy's telling you what you want to hear and what guy's telling you the truth. And a lot of times, uh, you know, what you want to hear is not reality. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to have guys like Trent Dilfer, Coach Tedford, uh, my business manager, to help me along through the process and, and say, hey, you know, let's let's look into this. This is not true. Or, you know, this is true. He's, you know, he's saying the, uh, the right stuff. You know, the recruiting process, 
uh, you know, school will show you everything you want to see, and then you get there and you realize, wow, you know, it's not all pieces of cream. There's a lot of stuff that you didn't realize would happen. And I think it's the same, the same deal with the the football business. I mean, my agent's a great guy, and my business manager's a great guy, so they're they're straight up with me, and they don't say anything that's not backed by by fact. But um, there's a lot of stuff that goes in the NFL on the business side, on the political side that uh, I didn't expect. I don't think, and uh, you know, it's, it's a it's a different business. It's a it's a a cutthroat business, I think, but uh, you know, we'll try and make my way. Our guest is former Cal quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who's on his way to the Combine, scouting Combine next Saturday. Let's talk about that Combine. What have people told you about how to approach this? What have you heard about the intellectual side, the interviews? What have people said about what you've got to do on the field, and how important is all of that to you? The Combine is very important. Um, you know, the 40-yard dash is, also, is uh, referred to as a dash for cash, so uh, <laughs> it's interesting because a lot of the top guys uh, don't run, but I'm confident enough after working with my trainer uh, that I'm going to run at the Combine, I'm going to do my agilities. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to throw yet. Uh, a lot of the big names in the past, Eli Manning, you know, guys like that, Phillip Rivers haven't thrown at the Combine, um, and I think a lot of the NFL coaches and, and GMs understand that and know that, so I'm not sure yet if I'm going to throw uh, or not, but... Uh, I mean, it's a it's 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 a meat market from what I hear. You know, they line you up, you got a number, and you just uh, you know, uh, just one of the you know everybody's in it together, and everybody's you know looked at the same. Hey, number two thirty eight. Here's his weight. Here's his height. You know, you don't you don't really have a, a personality or a, you know a face. You just the numbers to, to all the scouts and and people. But uh, you know, it's it's a necessary evil, and uh, got to go through it and and deal with all the. Uh, the different tests, the physical, the psychological tests, which I heard can be pretty laborious, but uh, and the interviews as well with teams. So it's going to be, you know, my uh, uh, buddy of mine kind of uh, gave me perspective when he said, hey, you know, you're going to be uh, sitting across from Bill Par- Parcells and Jerry Jones. You know, it's going to be crazy. And those are guys I've, you know, uh, I've known because I've been a huge football fan. And, and you know those guys, it's going to be crazy sitting across from them and talking football. And, you know, they're trying to find out if, uh, you know, they want to spend the kind of money uh, on you, it's it's going to be crazy. Aaron, a lot of people have projected you uh, as a top ten pick. Some people, scouts think, projects you at number one to San Francisco. Uh, Mel Kiper has you going number seven to Oakland. Those are two teams that are in your backyard. You grew up in Northern California. How big of a thrill would it be to uh, go to one of those teams? Are you kind of pulling to get drafted by one? I mean, obviously, going number one would be a thrill. But uh, if you had your druthers, would you want to stay in the Bay Area? Um, you know, I really don't really care where I go. I just want to play. I want an opportunity to compete for a job and and uh, and earn a living. Um, and obviously, the Bay Area uh, would be a great place to stay. Uh, my my friends and family could come down and watch me play, just like they did at Cal. So that'd be a big draw for them. But uh, honestly, I just I just want an opportunity to, to play, and I don't really care where I go. Be it Miami, Cleveland, Oakland, San Francisco, Arizona, Buffalo, wherever. Um, uh, I just like to be in a good situation, uh, and I'll make the most of whatever you know whatever. When you talk about an opportunity to play, you know, we've seen uh, players like Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf go top in the draft and immediately become the focus of the franchise and and the the team hopes that they become an impact player right away. And then you see other guys like uh, Brian Greasy or, you know, Tom Brady, who, you know, were very fortunate to be picked very late in the first round and go to Super Bowl contending teams and, you know, play in the shadows of a starting QB. Uh, If you had your choice, do you want to come in right away and make an impact and be the franchise guy? Or would you like to just kind of settle in, learn from somebody and then make your move? Well, obviously, my my competitive side would want me to would want to play right away. 
but as you've seen in the in the in the past, really no no rookie quarterback until Ben Roethlisberger this year has played well his first season. So I think there's a lot to be said about learning the game behind somebody who's been in it for a while. And the good thing about this year is there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks who've either been released or their contracts been up and they've been cut. Um, guys like Drew Bledsoe, Kurt Warner are going to be moving on. So might not be a great a bad idea to. Uh, you know, to get drafted by a team who maybe brings in a veteran quarterback or has a veteran quarterback at the twilight of his career and learn from them, um, you know, uh, get to know the game, get accustomed to the speed of the game, uh, be the number two be the number two guy one play away, you know, and still go through preseason and everything, but just not have all the pressure and all the spotlight on you right away like, uh, you know, Peyton and Ryan Leaf and those guys had, Eli Manning. Um, you know, it's a, it was a rarity seeing how good Ben did this year, and a lot of that, was uh, because of his supporting cast, but a lot of it was because he was definitely ready. And I think I'm I'm ready, but it, you know, it had to be a right situation, uh, like like Ben stepped into Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, Aaron, uh, for the fan that's listening to our show that's in New York and may not have seen you play that many games at Cal, tell us a little bit about the Aaron Rodgers off the field. And if you were talking to your agent at Octagon and said, hey, here are some of the deals that I'd like to go out and get, whether it's a video game deal or... Give us a little insight as to you off the field. You can pretend this is like a test uh, test run with Belichick and Robert Kraft or Jones and Parcells, whatever you want to do. I'm a, I'm a big video game guy. I think I love playing Halo. So any video game deals would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm also a, a huge sports memorabilia guy, so trading card deals. What are some of your favorite cards? You got a best card? Best card? I got a, like 100 Joe Montana cards or 200 Joe Montana cards. So any any one of those. I'm wow. a huge Joe Montana fan. So um, I don't know. I'm a pretty low key guy. I like uh, country music. Um, I like to play the guitar. Uh, I don't know. Can you play the guitar well enough to do the national anthem? Because you know the, uh, no, the PR but, guy from no, whatever. No, but I might be able to sing better than Ashley Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good bet. What about an endorsement deal? I mean, we've seen some pretty good spots this year. Uh, Donovan McNabb is, you know, and his mom have done all this stuff with Campbell's, and and Michael Vick's had some pretty cool spots with Nike, and then uh, Peyton Manning had the pretty good American Express uh, spots. Any campaign you'd love to see yourself in? Oh man, um, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, uh, Maybe underwear model or something, <laughs> you know, like some fruit of loom or something. Yeah, I think Jordan's got that locked up. Yeah. <laughs> the other question we wanted to ask you, and and you know this is kind of coming back to Cal, is what did Cal do to prepare you for the craziness? You keep bringing up the word crazy, and it is. I mean, there's on the field, but gosh, there's so much stuff that goes on in the business side of it. What did Cal do to prepare you to become a professional athlete and really an entertainer and a representative for an organization? Well, and a guy who's essentially, this is what my question was going to be, who's kind of winning the lottery. I mean, you're going from a college student who you know doesn't have a lot of walking around money to a guy who is going to have a considerable amount of money in his pocket. Yeah. Well, I think off the field, Cal didn't didn't prepare me uh, that much for what the NFL has to do has to offer. And I think I've been fortunate enough to be around good people like Trent Trent Dilfer, like I said, and have yeah. I got a great business manager who takes care of a lot of that stuff. But but on the field, Coach Stafford, uh, you know, made me a lot better player. And not only um, the fact that I played in the pro style offense, which might help me. Um, you know, in comparison to Alex Smith being under center every play and whatnot, but also um, that he taught me the game, uh, you know, broke it down in the, you know, little parts. I put them all together. He helped me every day get better with my mechanics, I think, which are one of my strong points, my quick release, 
Um, so a lot of stuff on the field, I think, is going to transfer over into being successful uh, in NFL. All right, we got time for one more quick question. I've read recently how once a player goes from college to the NFL, there's a loss of the camaraderie that you had while playing in college. That's why you see so many of those Miami alums walking the sidelines during a hurricane game. It must be important to you to hold on to the relationships. And you mentioned that five of your teammates are actually going to the combine together. How do you hold on to those relationships and be a, a workman, basically, in the pros? Well, it's not easy. Um, but uh, you just try and uh, you know, keep in touch with those guys. And, and that's really important to me. You know, that's one of the, the big things I struggled with in making my decision to leave college was I got so many friends uh, you know, there also had a lot of guys moving on, but a lot of friends I'm leaving behind, a great coaching staff. Uh, it's just important to, to stay connected with those guys. And, and also, I think there's a great fraternity of uh, of quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, uh, a lot of them keep in touch. I've already talked to a few of them, and uh, they've kind of come alongside me. A few guys, guys like Kurt Warner, uh, helped me out through this whole process. So I think it's important to stay connected. Um, I think another thing that helps is, is being a single guy. Um, you know, the NFL, a lot of veterans are married and have their own families, and so I think it get a little, uh, uh, you know, a little lonely maybe if you don't have uh, a good support group. And, and I'm just hoping I get a few guys, you know, maybe a teammate of mine or somebody I'm training with now uh, in Alameda, maybe on my team, so I can keep that, uh, you know, camaraderie going. And uh, I'm also going to have, you know, probably my brother and a few friends move out with me at least the first year to kind of get my feet wet and get get settled, have have a good support group behind me. But it's important to stay connected to those guys and. And uh, we're starting a great tradition, tradition at Cal. I think Cal football is on the rise with Coach Tedford in charge. So uh, there's going to be a lot more Cal players coming back and hanging around the sidelines like those Miami guys do. Well, Aaron, very impressive the stuff you've shared with us today. We wish you the best of luck. And uh, it sounds like uh, you made a good decision and you know why you did it. Yeah, well, thanks a lot. I appreciate you guys having me on. Good luck, Aaron. Thank you. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. This is Sports Business Radio. All right, Griggs, it's that time. I need your Super Bowl pick, and I also want to know which company is going to win the Ad Meter Award. Go ahead. Okay, Super Bowl, uh, it's the game I wanted all year, pretty much, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm going to go with Packers, uh, 31-28, a close game. 
there's going to be some crazy plays. It'll be a pick six, uh, some some fun stuff. It'll be a game you'll watch to the end. Uh, so I'm excited about that because I'm you know 100% of my predictions. Not really. Um, so Packers going to win it. And for commercial, I'm going with Snickers. And my reasoning on that is because last year's was awesome with Betty White. And I, I just love their campaign, non-Super Bowl. You know, not going anywhere for a while. It's random weirdness. So I'm, I'm excited for their third quarter spot. Uh, see what happens with Snickers. All right. For the game, I'm also going to go with the Packers. I'm going to go 27-24. So we're in the same neighborhood. I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring than their matchup last year, 37-36, that was won by the Steelers at the end of the game. And then the ad meter, i got to go with Anheuser-Busch. They've got five spots in the game. They usually do a terrific job. They've won the ad meter award many times. But I'll tell you, I really am keeping my eye on that Volkswagen Darth Vader spot that's already got 5.6 million downloads online. I think it's generating a lot of buzz, and it might capture the attention of the ad meter people at USA Today. All right, lots of thank yous on our show this week. Darren Ravel from CNBC. Great follow on Twitter, at Darren Ravel. Here our conversation with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on demand at sportsbusinessradio.com. You'll find that in the interview section of our website. Thank you to our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Darren Melzer, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon, Kalkoff Bikes, and New School Media Coaching. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on the podcast page. We're on iTunes. Look for us in the business news section there. I'm on Twitter, at SB Radio. You can find that icon on the homepage of our website, sportsbusinessradio.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. It's no secret that we're battling a tough economy these days. It's more difficult than ever for companies to position their brand in a unique way and reach their target audience. Sports Business Radio can help you, though. Sports Business Radio is syndicated in markets nationwide. Our popular podcast is regularly rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes and has listeners around the world. But our radio network and podcast aren't the only places your company will receive exposure when you join our family of sponsors. We'll also give you exposure via sportsbusinessradio.com and at our new Sports Executive Speaker Series events, which feature a conversation with a key decision maker from the world of sports in front of a live audience. And best of all, we can expose your product to the big-name guests that appear on our show. We'd love to have you on our team. Please contact me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio.